tabernacle of praise. This is the day that the Lord has made. Yes, let's rejoice and be glad in it. We're so happy to see you this morning. Let us stand as we usher in the Holy Spirit as we sing Sabbath rest. You may be seated. God bless you. Happy Sabbath, everybody. Happy Sabbath. Amen. Happy Sabbath, everybody. God is good and all the time. And he is indeed a worthy God to be praised. It's good to see you in the house. Hey, man, we can put our hands together. We can worship him. But that's why we're here. We're not here for each other. We're here to magnify the name of our God, our Savior, our Lord, and our King. This is the day that the Lord has made. I am so blessed and honored to be here this morning to give God praise on yet another Sabbath morning. After a week like this week, God is so good, and he is truly worthy to be praised, and I'm so excited and so thankful that God has given me yet another opportunity to worship and magnify him on this beautiful Sabbath day. Just want to take this time to welcome all of you who are viewing with us online. We thank God for you. We praise God for you. As always, we know you can go somewhere else, but we thank God that you have chosen to worship with us on this beautiful Sabbath morning. We want to welcome back in the house, very own Sister Bev. Amen. Amen. We welcome you back home. Amen. We know you haven't left the city, but we are so glad that you're here, and you could have stayed home, but you pressed your way out today, and we praise God for you. And I know you're looking to get back up here behind your mic. Come on, somebody. Uh, but we're glad that you're here. We worship you. 
Um, but we want to just take a moment to look out. I'm seeing some familiar faces, some new faces. We want to welcome everyone here. Do we have anyone visiting with us for the very first? Amen. Please share your name with us if you don't mind. Renee, Sister Renee. God is that's Sister Carmelina's niece, Carmeline niece. Amen. That's your niece. Amen. Well, we praise God for you for being here with us. We pray that this won't be our last time coming together. Amen. Um, but we pray that you will be able to enjoy the presence of the Lord in this space today. Do we have anyone else visiting with us today? We praise God for you. God is so good and he is truly worthy to be praised. We're almost at the end of March. I'm not trying to rush it, but the clock is ticking. Amen. And we've been celebrating months, March birthdays all month. And we want to continue with that trend to see if we have anyone celebrating a birthday this week. Anyone celebrating this week or maybe even today. We had a few Sabbath birthdays. Amen. Uh, but do we have anyone celebrating today, this week? And if not, we'll try our hand at it on next week as we close out the month of March. Again, just want to just let you know that God is still good in spite of everything that we encounter and everything that we go through. Just a couple of announcements, and I am going to get out of your way. Um, we want to remind all of our men um, that we have our men's retreat coming up. It's further on in the year, but we do want you to place that on your calendar and put that on your mind and put that on your prayer list as we seek to come together as men in this conference and pray and fellowship and spend that time together. Also tonight at 6.30, we're having our town hall meeting at Northside um, Church. Um, and so we encourage all of you, everyone is invited. Every member is invited. Let me be clear, every member is invited. Um, we want you to come out and, and lend your voice as we um, speak about our school, um, the direction of our school. And so we need your thoughts, your counsel, and your guidance. And so we encourage you to come out to Northside at 6.30, where yours truly will be delivering our Vesper thought. And then at 7, roughly around 7 o'clock, 7.15, we'll go into our town hall meeting. So we want you to come and be a part of that. At this time, we do want to just take a moment and bow our heads for a word of prayer as we continue in our service today. Let us pray. Loving Lord, our, our Savior, our King, ruler, master of everything, we're so blessed and honored to be able to come before you in this manner. You are so amazing. You're so awesome. And we just, we just give you praise, God. Danger seen and unseen, how you cover us and protect us. We thank you so much for what you have done, what you're doing, and what you're about to do. Now, as we commit this time to you, do what you do. And we will be ever so mindful to give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a happy Sabbath.
forget it what he's done for me praise the lord praise the lord yes i can't forget what he's done for me as i look back over my life i woke i woke up this morning thinking about that lord i'm so thankful that you didn't give up on me those days and those moments and those times when i should have been just kicked to the curb you said no you continue to pour in me. You continue to lean in my direction. You continue to show up in spite of myself, even when I wanted nothing to do with you. I don't know, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm the only one that, that didn't want to have anything to do with God. And, and even though he pressed and, and pushed and 
and did everything he could to get me to recognize him as a loving God, a kind God. Um, I pushed him aside. I didn't want to have anything to do with him, but I'm so glad and so thankful that he looked beyond my stupidity. He looked beyond, you know, we say we look, he looked beyond our faults, but he looked beyond our ignorance. He looked beyond our selfishness. He looked beyond our wayward thinking, our sinful desires, and he saw our need. He didn't allow any of that to detour him. He didn't allow any of that to sway him. God is love. And he said, that's how I'm going to operate. It's not how you operate. It's not how you function. It's how I function. This is who I am. So everything that I do, I do because of who I am. I do because of that's who I am. I hope you understand that. So you can't sway me. You can't push a button and get me to do something that I don't want to do because I'm operating out of a space that has nothing to do with you but everything to do with my character and, and who I am. So, so I'm going to love you even when you're not lovable. I'm going to care for you even when you feel like you don't deserve to be cared for. I'm going to show up because that's who I am. And I'm so glad this morning that that's the kind of God that we serve. A God that looks beyond my ignorance. A God that looks beyond my selfishness. A God that looks beyond my faults. And he looked at me and he said, this is what you need. This is what you need. Whether you like it or not, I'm going to continue to love you. Whether you care about me or not, I'm going to continue to walk down that road because that's how much I love you. Now the question is, how much do you love him? How much do you appreciate him? I've come to realize that, Lord, I can't outlove you. But what I can do is give my life to you and say, Lord, have your way. Now, I know that we're all dealing with something in this space today. Lord knows I am. And I tell you, there are times when you have to go before the Lord in prayer and say, Lord, help me because I don't want to fall victim to a sinful thought, to a sinful way. I, I, I don't want to fall victim to the devil's scheme. So, Lord, I'm asking you to come into my life all over again. I know I said it last week, God. I know I asked you last week, God. But see, what happened last week was last week. I need you today, God. I need you to do something special, God. So I don't know who you are. I, I, I don't know who you are. But if you feel pressed to come close to the altar, you are invited to come at this time. We want to keep in prayer our conference and our town hall meeting tonight. We want to keep in prayer all of our sick and shut-ins want to keep in prayer our tabernacle of praise church family and I'm asking that you would keep my family in prayer as my wife is away at this time visiting with my daughter up in Pennsylvania I pray that God's covering would be over them bring her home safely God I want to pray for this amazing praise team as they minister and our musicians pray for our members 
For those of you who feel pressed to come, we invite you to come. But for those of you who choose to remain in your seats, we ask if you can reverently bow your hearts and your minds as we approach God's throne. Let us pray. Loving Lord, our Father and our God, again, we're so thankful, so honored. And we're so privileged to be able to come before you on this beautiful Sabbath day. Lord, some of us come with a heavy hearts and weight on our minds. But Lord, we come knowing that if we lay them at your feet, you know exactly what to do with them. And so, Father, we're here now asking you to forgive us of our sins. We're asking you, God, to cover us from all unrighteousness. And we're asking you, God, these things because if you don't do it, it cannot, shall not, and will not get done. So we are bringing our problems and our concerns to the only one that is able to solve them. The doctors don't have answers. The nurses don't have answers. The lawyers can't figure it out. Lord, Father, we're in a space now where you're the only one. And the reality is, Father, you've always been the only one. Some of us are just now coming to that realization, and some of us haven't quite made it there yet. We're still trying drugs. We're still trying these things. We're still trying relationships. We're still trying all of these things that will not give us the satisfaction that only your Holy Spirit can. So, Father, move us out the way. We ask that you will move us out the way. And let your Holy Spirit come into our hearts in such a way, oh God, that when we leave this space, we will not leave here the same way we came. Let your anointing fall today, God. Let your presence be here today, God. Lord, we will be ever so mindful to give you the praise. So as we lift up before you our church family, Lord, we have those that have not been here in a while. Lord, I don't know, Father, I can't figure it out. But Lord, you know exactly what's going on in your churches today. Lord, I can only do what you asked me to do, Father. It is you that give the increase. So Father, if you don't bring forth the fruit, I have no power within myself. But Father, you do. So we pray for all of our missing members that you will touch them where they are. That you will touch them in a way that they will, you will direct them back to your space. Lord, we pray for all of our sick and shut-in as well. Those that had a desire to be here, but sickness have a hold on them. So we're asking that you will give them strength where they are. That you will hold them where they are. Lord, that you will break up that fallow ground and that you will give them the healing that they need. Lord, we also pray for those in the physical space that have pressed their way out, that are still battling with challenges, oh God. Lord, you know the circumstances, you know the issues, you know the problems, you know all the stuff, nothing gets by you. For you see it all and you understand it all. So we're just simply asking you, God, to rain down on us today speak to our hearts holy spirit give us a word in the name of jesus oh father we thank you we bless you we honor you be with all of our families our children those that are away at school cover and keep them 
with all of those that are having financial issues or cover and keep even now, oh God. Lord, we know that you have us. And we believe in the power of prayer. So we want to say thank you today. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're doing. And we bless you for what you're about to do. This we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. This week, we've got our grandchildren with us, Naomi Amen. and Isaac. <laughs> and let me tell you something about grandkids. They go to sleep at 11 p.m., but they up at 6 a.m. <laughs> and they, they have full blast, Pastor, <laughs> right at 6 a.m. So me and Lakita, we're doing our best to try and keep up with them. But as our stewardship nugget says, we have to use our time, talent, temple, and treasure just to keep up with them. But God gives us strength in it kind of even adds new meaning to the scripture. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But God is such a blessed God. He gives us strength. You know, I'm reminded also that uh, July 29th, Backpack Sabbath, amen? amen? Continue to bring in those items. If you need a sheet, see Sister Brenda. They'll tell you what we're looking at bringing in for this month. Also, we have a little... Um, plastic container right there in the lobby so you can put your items in there and they will transfer them to a larger one that we have in back and invite your family and friends to participate if they can't come out invite them to make a donation towards the goal we're trying to get 200 backpacks for our students this year you know it's very true the mind is a terrible thing to waste so we want to help our students in their endeavor to get a higher education you know, I, uh, when I get my hair cut short, it lays flat, right? <laughs> but once it starts growing, it turns into what uh, Brother Miller calls mailman hair, <laughs> where every strand has its own route. So it's kind of going this way and going that way and going every which way. But I want you to know that's not what God expects of us as Christians, to Come go on, our man. own route. He's called us to do a duty, that of evangelism. So everybody can't just do their own thing. We have one goal. We have many talents and abilities, but we have one goal, and that's to spread the message of Jesus Christ and him crucified and soon returning. So even though we might have that inkling to say, I want to do it this way, and I want to go off, and, and the church is wrong about what they want to do, we have one goal. We have one Lord, one Savior, one baptism, one goal of evangelism. So don't think because you have a different talent that we can't use it. Yes, we can use it to go in that one direction that the church is going. So you bring your time, your talent, your temple, your treasures to the Lord. He's going to make a way that all of us, with all of our varied desires and wills and abilities, to work together to accomplish this mission of evangelizing and spreading the message of Jesus Christ to this world. Amen? Amen. Amen. 
And in fact, Elder uh, McCray wants to meet with us after service, I believe, to talk about that very thing, evangelism. And this is also another area where everybody can participate. Amen. You know, it's, it, uh, sometimes we get up in age, we can't get around like we used to, but you can still do something to help. And now we're doing things online. As long as your fingers can do the walking, you can get on the keyboard and send somebody an email or a text or whatever, or get on your phone and just pray and be with us in spirit, if nothing else. So that's another area, just like stewardship, where everybody can participate. Amen. Amen. Would our deacons come forward to lift our morning's tithe and offerings and continue to be faithful? You can uh, return it to our sister treasurer, Sister Harris, or you can do cash app, dollar sign T-O-P giving, or adventistgiving.org and look up uh, Tabernacle of Praise, Spanish Lake, Missouri. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for the privilege that you give us to return that which you have first given to us. We ask that you will bless each of us, dear Lord, to have a will and a desire to recognize that you are the great giver and that everything that we have comes from you. Give us a spirit of generosity that we're willing and happy to return back to you because we know you love a cheerful giver. Bless the tithe and offering that will be used for a worthy purpose to spread this gospel message to all the world in this generation. In the blessed name of Jesus, amen. Amen. amen.
man. Come on, come on. Tell the world that I am blessed. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, come on. You don't know like I know. Oh, my, 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 my. He's good like that, amen. Amen. He's good like that. Amen. He's good like that. God is good. Ah, we needed that. We needed that. <laughs> Tell the world that I am blessed. Amen. Thank you so much, Sister, Sister Carmelita, for letting the Lord use you today. I've been at I've been at those rehearsals and I know. But you let him you let him use you today. Man, you let him use you today and we praise God for you so, so now we know <laughs> amen now we know the Holy Ghost will reveal the truth if you just let him use you amen praise God praise God oh thank you Jesus Ooh, I'm, I, I'm almost at a loss right here Amen. I could just stay right here all day long. I think about God and his goodness and his grace and his mercy and all that he do for me. I can't help but I am blessed. I don't know about you. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. See, the, see you see, the enemy will want you to think something other than the, 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 the enemy will want you to believe that you're not blessed, but you're blessed. Amen. I'm so excited today. I'm about to lose, I'm about to lose myself, but I've just looked out. Sister Harrington, we want to we praise God. You just snuck in on me, our, our superintendent. I didn't see you here earlier. Praise God for you. I, I was thinking about you this morning. I said, man, I wonder where... I, I knew you were coming into town, I said, because of the meeting tonight. But I said, I wonder where she's going to go worship at. She, she came to the top. Come on, somebody. <laughs> so we praise God for you. I'm not going to put you on the spot. Lord knows I called you up here, but we're, gonna, we're not going to put you on the spot. Unless you just want to greet the saints of God and just wave your hand or say a word or two. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I have a confession. So when I became the chair of the school board, I was now thrust in the position to have to work closely with um, Ms. Harrington. And, um, and I tell you, we've been on the phone talking. I tell you, she has really been a blessing to me. And, um, and I just want you to know publicly, and not just saying this, but I thank God. And I, I told you this already, so everything I'm saying, I've said it 
behind closed doors, but um, publicly I want you to know that I definitely appreciate you. Um, you are truly loved and we're so glad and honored to have you um, as our superintendent here at Central States. God bless you. Amen. God is good. At this time, we do want to just jump into our word. I don't want to keep you long. I say I don't want to keep you long, but I'm going to let the Holy Spirit keep you as long as he wants you to. Amen. Yes, as he wants to. But if you will turn, if you can turn with me to the, to, in your Bibles. And when you have it, please stand with me in honor of the word of God. Um, as we turn to the book of Matthew um, chapter 13, I'll be reading this. Um, the first nine verses is what we're going to look at. Um, the first nine verses of Matthew, there we go, chapter 13. And we want to start with verse 1, and we'll read all the way down um, through verse 9. Matthew chapter 13. When you have it, please say amen. Amen. I just heard one amen in the house. I guess we still, I guess we still looking. Are oh, they coming in? They coming in slow. Amen. Amen. Uh, you have it. Say amen. amen. There we go. Amen. Uh, Matthew chapter 13. As we do, I'll read the first verse. You read the second and we'll trade off in that manner. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Verse 5 says, Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. Verse 7 says, And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But the others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Altogether, verse 9, He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. Today I just want to speak on the title or the topic, What's Your Soil? type. What's your soil type? Let us pray. Father, again, we're so privileged and honored to be able to come before you on this beautiful Sabbath. Um, as we have now read thy word, we pray that you will now speak to us through thy word, um, that when we leave here, we will not leave here the same way we came, but we will leave here with a newfound love for the things of God. I must now decrease that the word of God may increase into your hands. I commit my spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And you may be seated in the presence of our amazing God. Uh, the parable of the sore was told to the crowd that had gathered around Jesus. Jesus tells the story of a sower who has scattered seeds on four different types of soil. 
Uh, the first type of soil uh, was, a, was the type of ground. It was hard. Um, and the seeds could not sprout or grow at all, and they became um, snatched up instantly. It kind of puts me in the mind of when I purchased my first home. I was so excited um, in the backyard and some spots in the front yard. We had little, little patches of um, missed grass where the grass wasn't growing. And I remember going out to Home Depot and I purchased some um, grass seed. Now, because I'm a new homeowner, I've never had to buy seeds before. I didn't know exactly what type of seeds to get. And, 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 and as I stood there looking at all the different choices, this, this elderly lady came by. She had to have been in her 70s. And, and she had one of the workers from Home Depot come by, and, and he began to grab this type of um, seeds and began to put them in her buggy. And I noticed that she didn't put one in there or two in there, but, but, but he placed about four bags of these seeds in her buggy. And so, of course, you know, me being the, the smart guy that I am, I figured this lady must know something. I said, she must know something. So I said, I want a bag of those as well. And I talked to her a little bit to get a, um, some info on the seed. And she said, yeah, this is the best seed. And I know some of you thinking Bermuda, but it wasn't Bermuda. Amen. And so I grabbed a bag of that Kentucky 31 and I placed it in my buggy and I was so excited and I went home and I began to throw these seeds around. And, 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 and to my surprise in the morning when I woke up, I'm expecting to look and see something. And I did. I did, Sister Dancy. I saw the ducks in my backyard just eating all my seeds up. The ducks was having a field day, and the sad thing about it is, is it was raining, so I couldn't go outside and shoo them away. I had to just watch the ducks eat all my seeds. These seeds fell on hard ground. They didn't have any depth. They just laid on top. Somebody said I needed hay. There was a second type of ground of, uh, that was... That, 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 that the seeds laid upon it. This was that stony ground. And the seeds was able to plant and began to grow. But however, it could not grow deep roots. And it, the sun came out and it withered away. And then there was this third type. The ground was thorny and although the seeds could not plant or grow, it could not compete with the number of thorns that overtook the ground. And then there was this fourth seed. Uh, this fourth, or, 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 or shall I say the fourth ground or the soil. It was good soil. And it allowed the seed to be planted deep and it grew strong. And the Bible says this here soil, it allowed the seed now to produce fruit. But then the disciples came to understand the moral of the story because you have to understand that this is the first time that Jesus is speaking in parables. Normally, Jesus would flat out just talk with the disciples. He would share information with the people. But this time, Jesus is speaking in such a way that even had the disciples trying to figure out, Jesus, why are you speaking in parables? Why are you speaking in this manner? Jesus uses this parable to explain to his followers and the disciples how there are different responses to the saving gospel of Jesus Christ. Right. 
Sometimes we expect the, 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 uh, the, the clarion call to go out and we expect everybody to receive. But the reality is there are many types of soil that we're dealing with. That's why we can't get mad because somebody don't move when we feel that they should move. That's why we can't get upset because somebody didn't respond the way we think. You know, I was talking to the elders this morning on our call and, and I said, you know what? It's easy to spend somebody else's money. Yeah, it's easy to tell somebody else what they should or should not do. But when it comes to our own personal life, oh, no, we have it all figured out. As wrong as we are, as messed up as our situation is, we have it all figured out. We have it all covered and you can't tell me anything. Jesus had to speak to this group of individuals in a way that made sense to them. And so Jesus is speaking now. He begins to share with his, uh, with his disciples. He said that a sore in, in this parable, he begins to say, it is Jesus. I am the sore. And the seed is the word of God. Both Jesus' spoken word and the word of God are the Bible that we know of today. The hard ground responds or represents someone with a hardened heart full of sin that hears the word of God but does not accept it. I must be honest with you. If I can just help somebody along the way, I found myself in that lane before where the word hit hard. It sounded good. It even brought tears to my eyes. But once I left the house, I found myself back. Doing the same old thing. The seeds fell. The seeds fell. And it was good seed. Let us stop right there because I need you to understand that there was nothing wrong with the seed. Oh, no. The seed wasn't the issue. It was the soil that the seed had to work with. So Jesus goes on. Jesus begins to explain. Jesus goes on and let them know that the seed that the sore of the seed, the one that is throwing the seed out is myself. I, it, it is I. Just so that we'll make it clear. And the seeds that are being sown are the word of God. And these seeds fell on these type of ground. Now, the stony ground is someone who shows an interest in the awareness of the gospel, but yet his or her heart isn't fully convicted so that when trouble comes, their faith is not strong enough to keep them. I know, I get it, I realize that, I know, I know, I have, to, I have to always pause along the way because I need you to understand that I'm not just saying words up here, but I'm speaking from an experience where my faith had found me in, a, in places where I knew better, but I didn't do better. My faith was not strong enough to carry me through the difficult times, and the reality is, family of God, difficult times will come. You can't avoid them. You can't escape them. The reality is, if we lived in a world without troubles, trials, or tribulation, I would call that place heaven. Because that's the only place you're going to find yourself if you live in the righteous life. Let me just help you alone. Yeah. If you're living the righteous life, the only place that you can find without any issues is heaven. I don't care where you go. 
You feel like St. Louis is not a good place to live. I can do, I, I, I can go somewhere else, go to another state. But the reality is, if you go there, there's trouble. Soon as you get there, as soon as your feet hit the ground, trouble. Somebody say, well, this church right here, I, I don't like that church right there because that church have, you know, have a lot of issues. But guess what? Soon as you get to that other church, issues because you're there. There's no perfect church. And so the faith was not strong enough to keep them. And then there's this thorny ground is a person who receives the gospel, but who has many other idols or, or distractions, if you will, in their life. Worries and riches so concerned about what the other folk have trying to keep up with the Joneses. Now, this good soil is someone who has heard and received the word. And they have allowed it to take root and grow within his or her life. This is the individuals that heard the word. They heard the message. They, 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 they received the word. And now they are applying it to their lives. Many times we come and we hear the word. We enjoy the word. But we're not allowing the word to be applicable in our day to day. It's back in the day, I remember we used to say, we used to take the Holy Ghost off and lay it on the shelf. Anybody laid their Holy Ghost on the shelf here lately? Mercy, mercy. <laughs> Anybody ask somebody to hold their Holy Ghost? Just let me, just, just hold him for a minute. I, 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 I just need to handle this right quick. I get it. I understand. I realize. And so Jesus is speaking to his disciples, letting them know that there are many types of soil that we're dealing with. And it's so easy to look at everybody and have a blanket statement or have a blanket outlook as if everybody is supposed to respond the same way. And it doesn't happen that way. It doesn't happen that way. It didn't happen to you, and it didn't happen to me. And sometimes we forget how we came in. We forget that we turned our backs, too. We forget that when someone first knocked on our door, we had nothing to do with the Sabbath. We forget that, 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 that when the call came out, that you ran and then dipped and ducked and dodged. We forget that you, too, avoided coming to church. That you forget that you, too, would rather have stayed home and done something different. That you, too, would have, re re would have really would love to to have worked instead of coming to church but now you've grown now you've allowed your soil to now be followed up and be a, 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 a soil has now been been um been been, been um rich and and, and been processed and now that your soil has been dealt with now your soil is able to receive the seeds that god has placed in your life now you have gotten to a point where you are more mature now you are more ready now and you forgot that you weren't always there tell it all the time. I tell my story all the time. I have to tell it again because you need to, I, have, I have to make it very clear that the first time the Sabbath was introduced to me, I turned it down simply because of the person that came at me. Because they made it seem as if the religion that I had, that the God that I was serving, that the church that I was attending, although it wasn't a Sabbath-keeping church, it was a Sunday-keeping church, but I realized that the God that I was praying to, there were many occasions he showed up in my life. There were many occasions where God showed me that he is the author and finisher of my faith, that it was not about just a day, although a day does matter, but God had to let me know that I am Lord even of the Sabbath. Right. 
And this individual came in me as if I'll die today that I was going to find myself in the lake. But I knew better because I knew just the night before as drunk as I was and as messed up as I was. I knew the night before that it was nothing but the goodness of God that allowed me to make it to my house. Even though I was so drunk, I fell asleep on my porch. Couldn't make it in the house. Sister couldn't get out the next day to go to work because I was laid straight out in front of the door. I knew there was God that watched over me. How did I get there? How did I get there? What happened just a couple hours ago? I couldn't even remember. So don't tell me that God don't cover sinners and fools. Don't tell me that God don't look out for individuals. Even though I wasn't calling on him, he was calling on me. If I realized I probably would have been in this church some 10 years before I got in here had it not been for that sister trying to make me believe that God don't hear me. Oh, no, no, no. God always heard me because the Bible tells me in Jeremiah that yet while I was in my mother's womb, God already devised a plan for me. I didn't understand the plan. I didn't know the plan. I had no idea that the plan existed, but God did. You see, it was over 2,000 years ago when Jesus walked the dusty streets of Galilee with me on his mind. I don't know about you. I'm going to make it personal right now. But he thought about me. He saw me in my mess. He saw me in those clubs. He saw me in those streets. And it was nothing but the goodness of God that brought me out of that. That's why I can, I can declare to you today that the seeds that fell on this ground, it wasn't always good ground. There was some time, Brother Mike, when the ground was thorny. There was times, Brother Mike, when the ground was rough and hard, but it took some time. The sower had to work with that, with that soil. And over time, by allowing God through the hearing of his word, by steady coming and steady sitting at the feet of Jesus and, and never turning my back on him and, and never walking out on him, but always trusting him, I began to grow. I began, the ground began to break up a little bit. What once was hard ground, now it became a little bit more workable. Now the seeds are able to get a little bit deeper. And the more I sat at the feet of Jesus, the seeds got a little bit deeper and then a little bit more deeper and then a little bit deeper to where now the seeds uh, were so deep but now they began to, to bring forth fruit and uh, 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 roots should I say that now gave me the stability to be able to stand up when the scorching sun came out now I was able to stand up when the haters came out now I was able to stand up when all my friends began to walk away up because I made a conscious decision um, to give my life to Jesus now the seeds uh, have now fallen in such a place uh, where I can stand uh, when once I would fall up. Uh, where now I can speak uh, when once I would be quiet uh, because now I've gotten to the point uh, to where I could care less uh, of what you think about me as a child of God. Uh, what I've come to understand uh, that come hell or high water, it doesn't matter. God is still God all by himself. It doesn't matter. But see, you have to get to that point in your Christian experience. You have to allow now the word of God to break up the fallow ground and, and now get you to a point where your heart is not harboring stuff. Now you're not looking at the saints uh, as if everybody's a sinners but you. Uh, now you're looking at the church as a place of refuge. Uh, yes, the place is a, we say it's a hospital where sick folk go. Uh, but let me help you out. Huh? It's not just a hospital. It's also a place of safety. 
It's a place where you get strength. It's a place not just for healing, but it's a place where you come and meet Jesus. And when you get to the place where now you're coming to fellowship with Jesus, I know I can work with him at home. I know I can fellowship with him at home. But oh, when the saints come together and they began to tune in in their voices and we began to sing praises like I'm blessed. I understand that it's more than just a place where sick folk come, but this is where I come and get strength. This is where I come to fellowship with my family because those folk out there don't understand me. Those folk out there can't relate to my situation. As far as why are you worshiping on seven? See, they don't understand that, but yet I tell my story. But oh, it's good when I can come and hang around my family who understands that God is good in spite of the drama because everybody don't un- everybody don't understand how you're able to smile when everything is crumbling around you they don't understand how you're able to hold your head up high when it seems like the world is coming down on you but when you get around the saints of God you are able to now declare and decree that God is able how do I know because now when I look at you sister I realize that God is a healer so when I go through what I go through I can fall back on the idea that he healed you he will heal me up when I look at your situation up and look at your situation it's not to be judgmental but it's to give me strength because if God is working on you it lets me know that he's somewhere close up to be working on me and I can trust him when I can't trace him I can believe in him when believing is unbearable and I'll just hold on even if I gotta holler because he do it like that he's good like that and so although the seeds there are many many types of soil but there is one seed that Jesus is sowing and he wants us to understand and know that this seed is has no respecter of soil it is the soil that determines the outcome of the seed The seed is the same, but it's how the soil receives the seed that will bear the test of time, that will let the world know what type of soil. See, it's not my place to look at you and say, you're this type of soil or you're that type of soil. No, no, I can just stand back and you will tell me what type of soil you are based off of how the seed, you and the seed interact with each other. So I don't have to worry about you. See, I got too much stuff going on for me to be sitting back wondering about your soil. I want to make sure that my soil is ready. And so Jesus had to break it down to the disciples. I'm about to get out of here. I know I've been up here already too long. I know you're ready to go home and get your meal going. But, 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 but I have to just speak to you regarding the plan of the sower. You see, the sower in this parable it's very important that we understand. The soil in this parable is a man who goes into this field. Jesus goes into Jesus used this here example of this man going into the field uh, uh, with the intention on raising a crop and gleaming a harvest. So this soil was intentional. This sower was intentional. His purpose was to raise a crop. 
It wasn't just he was just out there sowing seeds to determine what type of soil was out there to be able to say, oh, we have this type of soil and get his, um, his um, doctorate in soilology. No, no, no. He was had a plan in place. He was trying to build a harvest because there were, he was intentional about the seeds. So as he sowed the seed, he had the intentions on raising a crop, gleaving the harvest and expecting to reap a profit from the crops as he was sowing. This is what the soil was doing. And likewise, Jesus, as he sows seeds, he's trying to reap a crop. He's not just out here sowing seeds. So when the seeds fall on good ground, now Jesus is able to say, I now have more seeds. Because see, what happens with the seed, as the seed falls on the ground and it begins to produce a good harvest. Now that corn, for example, when you plant a corn seed, now when that corn began to grow, it grows as a stalk. Now you have more seeds that you can plant. So that one seed produced a hundredfold, 600, maybe even 300. Now we have more to work with. Jesus understands as he speaks, as he shares the sower. Such is the case with our Lord and Jesus Christ. He sent his son into the world. God sent his son into the world to die. He sends his spirit into the world to convict the lost people of their sins so that he might reap a spiritual harvest to the glory of his name. That's what this is all about. But the problem is the seeds are falling on all these different types of soil. When we should have more good soil than bad. Not only that, but even though the plans of God to save the lost is all for his glory, I still praise God for the fact that he devised such a perfect plan to save those who believe if you are saved, you should praise him for who he is. Not only that, but the Bible goes on to tell us that the parable of the sword, scripture is the best interpreter of itself. So Jesus goes on to explain this here parable to his disciples. He says, following a list of the meaning of, the, of, of each of these terms within the parable, Jesus says, first of all, I need you to understand that I am the sword. The seed is the gospel of the kingdom of, the, of God. And the birds represents the evil one and the soil, which is the world. Those people who are presented with the gospel of the kingdom. And so it's at this point, Jesus is now shedding some more light on the disciples. Because keep in mind, as we look at the story just a few chapters ago, Jesus is now speaking. He's sharing some things. He's talking to the disciples. He's shedding some light on the disciples. And you would think that the disciples will understand after spending three and a half years with their master that, that something would have clicked, that some light would have came on to let them know what Jesus really is all about, that Jesus' purpose and Jesus' plan was not to set up shop down here but he has always been intentional about setting up shop somewhere else so every seed that was sown by the sower had the potential to produce much more seed every seed and when you think about how seeds are sown I know when I was 
When I, when, I was, when I was seeding my yard, I went out and I purchased one of those seed feeders where I, I, I put all the seeds in, in a little buggy and I was able to adjust the knob and I had my handle and I, and I just watched as the seeds came out and just went everywhere. Now, I'm a little frugal. I would say, you know, seeds was falling all over in some rock. I said, wait a minute, I have to adjust this because I want all my seeds to hit the yard. I didn't want to waste any seeds. I want every seed to fall in, a, in the proper place to produce good seed, good, good grass, if you will. Likewise, the gospel of, the, of Jesus Christ, as the word goes out, it is our prayer and our intention that the seeds fall on good ground. That every last one of us, as we leave this place, we will leave here knowing that we are leaving with good soil. That the seeds have taken good roots. That the seeds are now in a place where now when we come back on next week, we will see evidence that the seeds took effect. But we're living in this space and at a time. And the reality is the seeds are falling on so many different ground and very few of it is falling on good ground because we have a good time in here and then we leave. We have a wonderful time praising God, but then we leave. We have an amazing time singing and clapping and praising God and feeling the anointing of God all over the place. And then we leave and then we come back and we want to experience the same thing all over again. That lets me know that the seas are not falling on good ground. I'm trying to help us through. The, I'm trying to help us along the way. I know you all looking at me now. You say, OK, OK, Pastor, let's move on. Let's, let's move on. Pastor. No, 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 no. We have to stay there. We have to stay there because we need to understand that this is detrimental to the kingdom of God. And we need, we need our soil. We need our life. We need, we need to be intentional about our life and the things that we do and the conversations that we engage in. We need to be intentional about where we go and who we interact with. We need to be intentional about that because what happens is we have a good time in church and then we leave the space and then we go back out into the world and, and that excitement that you had or you don't have anymore. How do I know? Because somewhere around Sunday evening, we back at it again. And Lord, help us Monday morning around the cooler. You know, the, are we still gathering around the water cooler at work? Do we still do that? Is that old? Am I dating myself? <laughs> I ain't been in the workforce in a while. I've been pastoring, so we don't do work coolers in my profession. Come on, somebody. But it's evident when we get to work on Monday morning that the feel good that we had just a couple of days ago has left us. We're not excited. We're not thrilled. We're not sharing the word. We're not speaking the word. We're falling back into the same old, same old. So when we find ourselves somewhere around Wednesday, we talk about, I got to get a boost. That's what we do for Wednesday night prayer. I come to get a boost. Because after Monday, you only, you've been out of church just a few days, and Wednesday, you tell me you need a boost already? We can't get a whole week with Jesus <laughs> without needing a boost. Uh, uh, <laughs> at, at, at some point, we're going to have to get to the place where it's, we can go weeks and say, God, you're still good. God, you're still amazing. God, you're still awesome. I, I, I get it. Monday was rough, but, but God, you're still good. 
uh, I'm boosting myself every time I talk about the goodness of God. I get excited every time I think about my amazing Jesus. I, I don't need a boost. I just need Jesus. And I got him everywhere I go. Even at Walmart, I got him. Even when I'm driving, I got him. Even when I'm moving through my different spaces, I got him. It doesn't matter where I go. I got him. I got him. I got him. I got him. Because the seed, as it falls, it's important of what type of seed. And again, as I said earlier, it's not my place to tell you what type of soil you're working with. The proof is in the pudding. We're going to see your soil based off of your, off of your seed. You're not producing anything. you always complaining. The seed is falling on some very, thorny, some very thorny soil. Not only that, but it is God understands where we are. He understands what we need. It is worth nothing that the seed always changes the ground in which it is planted. What had been bare earth is now yielding a harvest to the glory of God. And when the seed that falls on good ground finds its lodging place in the heart that has been plowed by the word of God and tilled by the grace of God, it will germinate and leave that heart forever changed and producing a harvest of spiritual fruit to the glory of our God. This is what the Lord wants from your life as well as mine. He wants to produce his fruits in the hearts of his redeemed. Here is a, this is what God wants from every last one of us. He wants us to be sanctified. That is for us to become like him. That's what God wants from every last one. He said, I want to sanctify you. In other words, I want to set you apart for a special use. You see, you're not like everybody else. And, 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 and so we, we, we have to come to the realization that, 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 that we are different. That, 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 that my lifestyle is different. So when somebody say, you're different, say, yep, you're you right about that. I'm, you, you reckon? I'm glad you can see it. But see, we don't want to be different. We don't want to stand aside, stand apart. We, 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 we want our friends to see us like one of them. And the reality is, that's not how God raised you. That's not what God is trying to do in your life. He don't want you to be like them. He wants you to be like him and for you to draw them to him. So we're not like everybody else. I had to come to realize that myself. Every time I would go back home, uh, uh, you know, I would, I, I would get that, I would get the, the uh, treatment. You st are you still, you, you still in there? You, you, I mean, you know, how long you going to be in there? Brother, I'm going to be in here until Jesus come and then some. And once I got to the point to where my friends and family understood that I was serious about what I'm doing, it was then and only then that they became my biggest fans. Because I had to do it for me. I had to make the change for me. So Jesus wants to sanctify us. And not only that, but he wants us to be more like him. He wants he, he want us to grow spiritually. And he wants us 
to be more like him. The parable always relates to truth. It is no different with the parable of the sword. In other words, in the verses immediately before the explanation Jesus gave, his disciples asked Jesus why he used parables. Jesus told his disciples, the secrets are plain to them because they are already of the kingdom. So I'm speaking in such a way that you should already know what is being said. But regarding those outside, he uses parables because the people are dull to the plain words of Scripture. So now Jesus has to use something that will draw their attention. Now Jesus uses something that they can relate to because just coming with just a clear word is messing them up. So Jesus has to use something that they can understand. And everybody understood sowing seed. Because this was a common occupation during that time. Everybody understood when they walked down the street and saw the sower out there slanging seed. Even the children knew that. So Jesus was speaking their language. But the hearer, Jesus says, let me finish. His last statement during the discourse, he who has an ear, let him hear. The hearer can do one or four things with the biblical truth. Number one, they can reject it. The word is being, is being sown. You can either reject it, you can get emotional about it and fall away as soon as the faces, as, as you face uh, 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 objections and trials and tribulations. The third thing, you can either accept it but dismiss it as a world and its cares and the deceit of money take hold of you. And lastly, you can take it, take in the word fully and obey it. Therefore, growing both personally and by the fruit you begin to produce when you share this gospel message. So then the main message is faith and the growth of it or the lack of it. When one is presented with the word of God. So where are you at? What is the significance of all of this? The soil simply says, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. The soil simply lets you know just how authentic you really are. The soil is your choice. You see, the soil can change. The soil doesn't have to remain the same. With work, it can change. With effort, it can change. Jesus understood that. That the soil, I'm using something that in time with work can change. And so here it is. Where are you at? Where are you at? Your soil. What's your soil type? What's your soil type? Are you, are you the, 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 um, the hard uh, 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 person? Uh, uh, what's your soil type? Uh, uh, are, are you that rocky, unstable person, unable to be tilled? What's your soil type? 
Are, 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 are you that, that person of thorny where, where, where you surround yourself with individuals that, 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 that as soon as you leave this space, you get into another space, and now what once excited you, you don't want to talk about? What's your soil type? Or are you good soil? Where you hear the word, but you also understand the word. And you make the word applicable to your life and your circumstances. See, this is a, this is a solemn message that Jesus is basically sharing uh, with his hearers. Because see, we have to understand that everything isn't a shout. That, that everything isn't a, a feel good. Some stuff is a reality check because we've been moving in such a way where we don't realize that our soil has gotten hard. That where, 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 where once the soil was cared for, now we no longer care for it. We no longer tend to it. So as I close, can you be honest with yourself for just a few moments and ask yourself the question, what kind of soil is my heart? What kind of soil is my heart? Or have I become hardened to the things of God? We have to ask ourselves these questions. Am I shallow in my commitment to him and his work? Do, Do I just do enough so the people can see? But then when I leave... I'm shallow. Or am I constantly distracted or burdened and defeated by sin and the cares of this world? Or am I bearing the kind of fruit that I should be bearing? You have to ask yourself the question. What's your soil type? I pray as we leave this space today that your soil is good soil. That you will be able to bear fruit a hundredfold. Six. Maybe even 30. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, your soil type will be revealed by the fruits or lack thereof. If you're in this space today and you want God to do something with your soil, if you want God to stir up your soil, to change that hard soil, that stony soil, with all the brush and all the different stuff that hinders the seed. If you're that person and you want God to do a miraculous thing in your soil, could you just raise your hand? Amen. God, you see, you see their hands. There may be somebody here that needs to make a connection. There may be somebody here that needs to make a commitment. Somebody here that needs to be drawn closer to God. 
I want to extend that opportunity to you this morning. You want God to do something with your soil. You want God to do a special work in your soil. You want to be connected to a, to a church, a place where you can constantly be fed and constantly be nourished. If you're that person and you're looking for a church home, I just ask if you can meet me down front. Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? I want to give everyone an opportunity to make their calling an election sure. Is there one? Stand with me as we close. Loving Lord, our Father and God, our Savior, King, Ruler, Master of everything, we're so appreciative of the fact that you have chosen us. Uh, appreciative of the fact that you have allowed us to come before you. And as always, I pray that something was said that would draw hearts and minds to you. Lord, we all have different types of soil. It is our prayer, Lord, that you would break up the fallow ground that you would turn our stony hearts into clay that is workable and moldable. I pray, oh God, that you would show yourself strong, that you would help us to be more like you, sharing this great gospel message, speaking truth to power. And again, God, as always, we'll give you praise, honor, and glory for who you are and what you're doing. Forgive us again of our sins, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we put our hands together and worship God in this space today? Amen. Powerful message this morning. Sobering message. Amen. What, what is your soil type? Thank you, Pastor. We just want to remind you of our town hall meeting at Northside this evening at 6.30. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. And as you shake the pastor's hand, we want to invite you to stay by. And our personal ministries leader is going to tell us how to spread that, that seed, that good seed. Amen. Amen. That's Amen. what it's all about. Let us stand for our benediction. Father, truly, we have heard a word from you. Yes. Lord, we pray, Father, that you will make our hearts pliable. Break up the, the fallow ground, Lord Jesus. Lord, we pray that you will condition our hearts, Lord, to fertilize in the nitrogen of your Holy Spirit, Father. That we may bring forth a bountiful blessing, Lord, of fruit of souls, Lord, and save your eternal kingdom. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you and give you peace, both now and forevermore. And the church said together, Amen. Amen.